Hi, I'm Tiffany, and you are listening to the Legacy Lounge Podcast. If you are a high-achieving, mission-driven entrepreneur who wants to elevate your income, impact, and influence, you're in the right place. I left my corporate career as a creative director for Fortune 500 brands to create a legacy with my work and to support entrepreneurs to do the same. And I'm not talking about having your name on a building or statues in your image. I'm talking about leaving behind a positive impact and creating something enduring that can be passed on. You pour your time, energy, and passion into your business. So let's make sure your efforts will create a ripple effect that reaches far into the future. Each monthly series will guide you through the business, leadership, and life skills you need to successfully leave a legacy that stands the test of time. And each episode is totally valuable on its own. We are here to provide you with the tools and ideas to make massive shifts and quantum leaps in your business, transforming you from entrepreneur into legacy brand. So sit back, relax, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, hey, before we hop into this week's episode, I want to share with you something really special. If you are looking for more fun and freedom in your business and love to travel, I invite you to come to France with me. I shared on a previous episode that I took a two-month sabbatical last summer and traveled through Europe, which was truly life and business changing. I had been feeling the urge to slow down to speed up for some time, and it turned out to be the perfect remedy. When I returned home and realized how much it had affected me in such a good way, I knew I had to bring the experience to more women business owners. Now, I know not everybody's in a place to take a two-month sabbatical. So this April, we're going to take a three-day retreat, and it's called Fun and Freedom in France, because I believe that you can create a freedom lifestyle without the hustle. We're inviting 20 women to join us in this epic retreat to create your best year ever and return home a more relaxed, better, and motivated person, business owner, spouse, mom, whatever titles you hold. As of the time of this recording, there are just a few spot lefts. So if you're ready for some fun and freedom, if you're feeling a big yes in your body, check out all the details and sign up via the link in the show notes. There's also a six pay option so you can say yes now and pay over time. I can't wait to go on this adventure with you. All right. Welcome to Legacy Lounge Podcast. I'm super excited to introduce all of you to the amazing Miriam Schulman. Miriam is known as the creative business whisperer, and I'm super excited to talk to her about all things art-related today, entrepreneurship, but also to talk about her new book that just came out with HarperCollins Leadership called Artpreneur. So first of all, I have to say welcome, Miriam, and what an amazing book title. I'm super excited to talk about the book itself, the branding behind it, and all good things. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're like the 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 light hair, the dark hair, light eye club from Ron Reich. Do you remember that? So I don't know if this is a weird place to start, but I remember I first joined our mastermind and, you know, you look at the zoom screen and I saw like 12 me's looking back all with green eyes and brown hair. Do you remember that? I totally remember that. And you know, what's really funny is, well, I, I can't take credit for that at all, but it's really funny because I worked on Ron with his brand and we talked about who is your ideal client. And he's like, I don't know, you know, and we really dialed it in and he goes, yeah, it's kind of 
you know, I kind of tend to get these dark haired people and I'm like, well, let's just dial in on that. And then it literally happened. That well, so he took that very literally and put you apparently on his vision board. And like right now, our glasses even look the same. We do. We, right. Yeah. With our hair is curled the same way. It's, it's like really it's, they're both today, parted on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Um, yes. And so we've definitely kept in touch since then. Not as much as I've always liked to, but I just loved watching your journey and super excited, you know, going to art school myself, being a creative director, um, you know, being in the art scene has always, I've always loved it, but specifically, I think so many artists don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs and it's pretty much one in the same. So I think we can talk a little bit about art today, but also mostly this audience listening is going to be entrepreneurs. And so one of the first questions that I think would be really valuable would be, you know, you talk about, I mean, you talk about so many things, which is why I'm excited to talk to you, but, you know, fulfilling your destiny. We, I talk about legacy all the time. And so you say that you have a number one secret to fulfilling your destiny as whether you're an artist, business owner, entrepreneur, or thought leader. So what is that secret? I want to let everybody know. Okay. So the number one secret for fulfilling your destiny is the belief triad. So what is the belief triad? Okay. So two parts of it we've all heard. Anyone who's picked up any self-development book has heard, you have to believe in yourself or you have Absolutely. to believe in your product, your art. But the thing that nobody seems to talk about is you also have to believe in your buyer. You have to believe in your audience. So you have to have strong belief in all three, because if you lack belief in your buyer, you will sabotage yourself. So what does lack of belief in your buyer look like? It's when you think any of these thoughts, oh, they won't pay those prices for my fill in the blank. Yes. Okay. Or nobody wants fill in the bit blank or uh, more specifically what I hear in my world when I work with fine artists, nobody buys art in fill in their state. But then we hear this more generally in the entrepreneur space. No one's buying art during a recession. No one's buying things during a recession. No one's buying during a pandemic. Hello. I mean, the pandemic was like 2020 and 2021 were actually really good years for a lot of people. So that turned out not to be true at all. But yet this is what lack in belief in your buyer looks like lack of uh, no one's buying during the fill in the blank tsunami in Southeast Asia. You know, it's like something that we perceive these things as as facts. These stories, our brain comes up when really they're just fears and doubts. Hmm. I love that. It's, it's such a interesting thing. Like you said, of course, we need to believe in ourselves. We need to try and stay high vibration and all of that stuff, but good, good point. And if you don't believe in that, how do you expect them to show up if you're not excited about serving them? And you're right. I'm, it's an unfortunate thing, but there's always something happening in the world. Like California's having crazy weather right now. And then there's stuff on the other. I mean, there's always stuff, unfortunately. So that's such a huge point. So a little bit more about, I just want to talk kind of through that in the sales piece too, because I know you talk a lot about sales. Why is selling in alignment with your values? And I love this talking about values because for me, 
your brand is based on your values. Everything leads back to values. So why do you believe selling in alignment with your values can actually lead to more sales? Okay. So this is part of my favorite chapter in the book. Actually, there's a few favorite chapters, kind of like when you say you have a favorite child, you know? Okay. So uh, embrace your inner weirdo. And there are nine steps for building a signature style, a signature brand. Now, whether that's with your art or your business style, it's all one and the same thing. And sh sharing your values is a huge piece of that. And as I was editing the book, I actually found research, very recent research from 2022 that said that so, uh, part of the result of the pandemic and the social justice movement, which was a global phenomenon, is that people are definitely paying more attention to the values of the brands they shop with. Now, not all consumers do this, but there definitely is a, se a large enough segment which is known as a co the conscious consumer that does pay attention to the values of the businesses that they're buying from and they do vote with their dollars. So for, and, and the values are different for different people. So for some people they're looking at, does the business have, so it's going to depend on, on the shopper. Some people, they care more about sustainability. Some people will spend more money if it's a woman-owned business or a Black-owned business. So people do care about these things. I found myself that ever since uh, 2020 with the social justice movement and having my awareness broadened that if a catalog arrives, a clothing catalog arrives, and it's all white models, I won't shop from that from that brand. So people are paying attention to this, but it's also something that makes you uniquely you and people do want to know. And it doesn't mean that they won't necessarily won't buy from you if there isn't a complete match across every single box that you might be checking, but they are paying attention. Oh my gosh. Yes. I couldn't have said it better. And I, I talk about this on the podcast quite a bit. I'm obsessed with values. So I love that you're bringing that up in the book, but also for artists and entrepreneurs. And like you said, I think it's more prevalent than ever. And if we look online too, right, everybody was like doing bro marketing and people are like over, they're jaded now. They don't yeah. want to deal with that. They they're looking at, and not only in sales, but also like in team, like, you know, I'm very making sure I have a diverse team right now. So I love that you're sharing that, but I do want to go back to one other thing that you said, which was, um, you know, about embracing your inner weirdo. I love that. Um, you know, when we talk about branding, it's and like you said, it's always about how to put yourself for it. How do you differentiate yourself? So what does that look like in your eyes? Okay. So weird is a Scottish word that and this is going back to depending on your education, maybe middle school, maybe high school, if you, if you were forced to read Macbeth was the weird sisters. And really what that meant at that time was magic or destiny. And it was only over the ages when the supernatural became vilified with the burning of the witches, et cetera, et cetera, that the word weird took on a negative connotation. 
when really, when you're embracing what's weird, yeah, you're, when you're embracing what's weird, the actual meaning is fate or destiny. When you're embracing what's weird, you are embracing your destiny. So that's going back to your original question. Like, how do you um, realize your destiny? It's really embracing all that's weird, all that's magical, all that's special, all that's different about you, all of it, all your authenticity and not hiding any of it. That is beautiful. And I was not forced to read Big Beth and I'm I'm pretty good at history, but I learned something new and I love that. So I hope the listeners love that too. Um, I always, you know, as artists, especially, I remember being called weird and I, you know, I just let it roll off, but now I can like, you can celebrate that. That's right. You'd be like, that's right. I am. I love that so much. So you also talk a little bit about um, that belief triad, but I remember somewhere in the book, you were talking about like pretty woman and how that teaches us about the belief triad. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Cause I was like, what does pretty woman have to do with any of this? Oh, thank you for asking. Okay. So I will, I will tell the story as if you have not seen the movie since uh, not everyone has. So pretty woman is uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts and Julia Roberts plays for better words, lack of better words, a hooker. And Richard Gere wants to hire her uh, in a platonic way to be his companion for the week, but she has to dress the part. So he says, here's my gold card. She goes to Rodeo Drive, but she's still wearing her hooker clothes. So the salespeople won't wait on her. They were so mean to her because they did not believe in the buyer. Now, Julia Roberts goes to other boutiques, has successful shopping sprees, dolls up, completely dressed up, wearing all the, the latest whatever, whatever, with lots of shopping bags, returns to the boutique and says, says to the mean salespeople, do you remember me? Do you shop on commi- commission? Big mistake. Now, whenever we are lacking belief in our buyers, we are acting like those mean salespeople in Pretty Woman. And yes, that's a big mistake. So when you are judging your buyers, you may not think you're being mean. You may think you're just judging yourself. Oh, they won't buy that, my thing, whatever. But that is what lack of the in, in a buyer looks like. And that's how you sabotage your sales. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is such a great analogy. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, but really that really shows it in a a simple way, because how much are you leaving on the table when you're doing that? Right. Um, And how many people are you not impacting if you're doing that? And, And sometimes I think we do that subconsciously, right? We just make these assumptions and, and don't really just, it's so easy to judge when you don't even think you're doing it. It's basically what it comes down to. That's right. So what happens is that we have evolved for survival, not necessarily goal achievement. And whenever we are asking ourselves to do something that's uncomfortable, our brain is not going to be able to tell the difference between something that makes you uncomfortable um, that it, it's going to feel unsafe. It can't tell the difference between leaving the cave and getting eaten by a tiger and maybe raising your prices. So anytime you do something that makes you uncomfortable, your brain will come up with all the reasons why that uncomfortable thing won't work for you. And the, more, the smarter you are, the better you are at coming up with those stories. 
Now, in the moment, they don't feel like excuses. Like I've heard other business coaches say, oh, stop making excuses. They don't feel like excuses. They feel real. Right. These stories feel real. That's why I call them doubts. But those are what you have to question. And that's why throughout the book, I've threaded thought work where I'm unpacking the most common thoughts that are going to come up, like we were talking about before, no one buys art during a recession. That's one that I'm hearing right now, or no one shops during a recession. Unpack it. And what are you doing? Are you doing all or nothing thinking? Really? No one shops during a recession? No one? That's all or nothing thinking. Also, it's doing fortune telling because you're you're trying to predict the future. And sometimes what you're doing is mind reading. So if you are thinking about what whether or not someone will not buy your your thing or has the money to buy your thing, you're trying to mind read. Now you can't do all or nothing thinking, you can't do mind reading and you can't do fortune telling. If you're doing any of those three behaviors, then you know that you have a limiting belief and you need to question that belief and label it as such. Know that that is not a fact. That is your fear coming up with doubts and getting in your way. So, so good. And I think sometimes we inherently know we have limiting beliefs, right? I think everybody goes through having them in different like ceiling levels that we're breaking through, but to actually pinpoint those actual things and especially around the buyers, that's huge. So I love just how full of analogies you are in general. <laughs> um, so I had a question about another one that I saw you were you talk about like how women's underwear brands can help you understand your customer's buying journey. And I was like, this is another one, like pretty woman, the women's underwear journey. But I think once you paint that picture, it really does create clarity. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I originally got this idea from a Dan Kennedy book, the no BS pricing strategy, but I felt like that the men okay. who wrote the book didn't take this analogy far enough. So they were talking about how, how you can't treat what you're selling as a commodity and you can buy, you can go to Walmart and buy a 10 pack of underwear for $14.99. So 10 packs, in other words, they're $1.49 each, or you can go to Victoria's Secrets and maybe they're $10 each or six for $30. I forget what I paid five for $30, something like that. So basically a $6 pair of underwear versus a $1.50 pair of underwear. But as women, we all know, <laughs> like, um, how high can this go? Well, apparently it's really high. You know, you could spend $400 on Dolce & Gabbana underwear or something like this. And so this is when we, I really break down the buying psychology for each of these different priced underwear Versus like what we talked about, the conscious consumer. So why would you spend $200 for a pair of underwear? Well, if you go to uh, P if you, Pia Underwear, it is a Black-owned woman's brand. It's inclusive. Uh, you maybe you like it because they have more inclusive body sizes. So there's all kinds of factors that go into the psychology of what people are going to spend on their underwear. And a lot of it has great lessons for us as people who sell products are, is, is your product in alignment with your values? Are you sharing the founder story? Like for example, Notori 
is a very popular underwear brand. And uh, I believe it was, I think it was Neiman Marcus where her underwears, her popular underwear is offered at $30 each. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, why does somebody pay $30 versus $6 versus $1.50? And these are the triggers that are going to happen on these different levels that marketers are going to use. And they're not, people aren't always motivated by the lowest price. Even, even the Walmart shopper. So that's what I found fascinating, Tiffany. When I went onto Walmart's website to look at underwear and I, you know, I typed it in, the default search is not cheapest. The default search is most popular. Interesting. Yeah. Which, yeah, that makes sense. And especially if we apply it to our offers, you know, I think a lot of the times we do think cheapest you know, that's people will want that more, but there's so many reasons not to go that route. There's a lot of people that will not buy the cheapest because it doesn't mean quality. So, yeah. I mean, the only time I put on a pair of underwear for, that's $1.49 if, if I had my period, I mean, that's it. <laughs> yep. Got you there. That's so true. Oh my gosh. It's so good. So I cannot wait. I've actually been reading Artpreneur. So um, everybody, we're going to talk. I'm going to have Miriam share how you can get your hands on a copy as well at the end. But just a few more things about the book, because I think there's so much gold that I've dug out from the book already, but I'm sure there's even more because I'm not fully finished with it. Um, but you also talk about in the book, Marketing Diseases. So that's, I mean, there's, like I'm saying, there's so many analogies and like little nuggets of gold. I'm like, oh, this is so good. So I don't want to give everything away to the audience, but uh, that was one more question that I thought people would really love to hear before we tell them how they can actually get their hands on the book. Okay. There's a few, a lot of them have to do with uh, Disney princesses, <laughs> but one of the ones that I think would relate most to people who listen to your podcast, Tiffany, is the sleeping beauty complex. And by that, I mean, there's that, I've seen people do this where they feel they have to get their brand perfect. They have to get everything perfect before they put it out into the world. So the reason I call it, yeah, you see this too, right? They, they can't put their website out till it's perfect, till their logo's perfect, the colors are perfect. Absolutely. Uh, and they, maybe they don't even want to do the branding because they don't know what their messaging is. That has to be, per there's like, just they just don't want to start. So I like the analogy of Sleeping Beauty because in the Disney version, uh, the fairies take the little baby and they hide her out in the woods until she's grown up and then they can bring her out again. <laughs> you know, So that's what you're doing when you're hiding you yourself away, you want to not only, you want to wait till your business is an adult. And the thing is you have to love your baby, your business baby. Now you have to love it as a baby and you cannot evolve. You cannot evolve your message. You cannot understand your message if you're not putting it out there in the world. Yeah. And you're never going to get buyers or clients if you're not putting it in the world. I love this. And I, I talk about this too, but I love again, that analogy because I think so many people, I see it with my clients all the time. And even while we're doing the work, I'm like, start putting it out there now. Like there's no reason that it has to be perfect at all, but um, that is huge. So I know there's more examples in the book. So you're going to have to get the book to do that. But I have a few final questions before we get there. 
one of you know how important as you know you're you teach artists how to create a powerful brand on top of other things you have an amazing brand yourself how important do you think brand is for your business of course like we just talked about not getting it perfect up front but to to evolve um i i think so many people don't realize how important it actually is it's everything that does not mean that you wait till it's perfect before you bring it out. But so many people, they lose sales because things are confusing and a confused mind never buys. And the way I see this showing up is a lot of times it's as simple as not even knowing what your offer is. So in the art world, there'll be an artist who does ceramics and paintings. I was like, no, you got to pick. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Well, for certain, some people it does. Some people are they're better at one than the other, but you have to pick one because it's very confusing for the buyer. And this, by the same token, I've seen business people, well, they help you with um, publicity and they help you with speaking and they help you with, um, maybe those two things are related, but they help you with like three things and they, they're not, you're not quite even sure how they relate. Oh, I know where this came up. This was, there was a photographer and I wanted to hire her and I went into her site and I couldn't even find the photography packages because asleep, do you do branding now? Do you help people who are photographers? What is it that you do? So I didn't know. So I didn't hire her. So I walked away and confused mind never buys. They will just leave. Oh my goodness. So true. And I think, you know, there's one thing of niching down too narrow. It's, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, if you decide you're going to be a painter, you can't ever do ceramics before, That's like, right. do it on your own time or have a little niche following. But I hundred percent agree because so many people, so many people are multi-passionate. And I even talk about that. Sometimes you can combine certain things, like maybe the publicity and speaking, like you said, those two things are close enough. They kind of could go together, but, um, yeah. Or there's like, you know, anyways, I could go on and on about that, but it's such a good point. So now that we've talked about all the goodness in Artpreneur and um, how important your brand is, I have one final question for you, which is, of course, since we're talking in the Legacy Lounge, what does legacy mean to you specifically in life, but also in business? Okay. I love this question, Tiffany. And it's not just because it's called the Legacy Lounge podcast, but I do think about legacy a lot. So uh, so I, I am a painter and a portrait artist, and I always would think about the legacy that my portraits were creating for, for me, for the person I'm painting, for their family, and that idea of legacy has driven everything I've done in my business even mm -hmm. since then. So whenever I created an art class, I'm leaving behind like my recipe book of how to create. And with this book, I had a very strong mortality motivation of I wanted to leave it all on this planet and not take that that book and those secrets with me to the grave. I want to leave it all behind and leave that legacy. So it's always been very important to me. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I love that too, because, you know, I think a lot of thought leaders and people want to leave books behind, but even more so in your art, that is so special, you know, to have a memento of family members, or I know you do like you've done animals before too. And so many people want that 
memento behind too. So, so huge, but I think it's important for all of us. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. But also it's, it doesn't always have to be me, which is why with legacy, it was about teaching others how to do it and leaving that behind so that those things that I do don't die with me. Mm, so good. All right. So to wrap up today, we've talked all about um, so many things that are inside the book, but there's so much more gold, like I mentioned. So how can the listeners get their hands on your book? And we will obviously put that information in the show notes below as well. Uh, okay. So thanks for asking, Tiffany. So you can go to artpreneurbook.com and don't worry, my international friends, we have you covered. So bookdepository.com does have free worldwide shipping. We will not discriminate wherever you get the book from. And there's a whole bunch of book bonuses just for you. Amazing, Miriam. So good. And I love Book Depository because I have global clients and I always send little gifts to them that way. So um, it's so being inclusive, just like you were talking about walking your talk. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for being on the show today. I know the audience is going to eat it up and love it. Make sure you go get Miriam's book and stay tuned for more amazing things in the upcoming Legacy Lounge episodes. I'll see you here next time in the Legacy Lounge. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Lounge podcast. Connect with me on Instagram at Tiffany Newman Creative. I would also love to hear your feedback to see what resonates with you and what you'd like to hear in the future. If you love this episode, please provide a review and we will be forever grateful. You can always find links and resources shared on the show by going to yourlegacybrand.com. Remember, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. What are you doing today to pour into others and to leave your legacy?